Um, I, I, this morning, for some reason, I thought about dandelions on these three subjects, envy and jealousy and covetousness, and uh-huh. what a dandelion is. It's just a very light, fluffy thing. You can blow it. It's got a little hook to it, and it's just lighter than <laughs> air, and it comes along, and it's just a seed that comes down quietly. But that gets in your lawn. They mm. say it's like root. It's a taproot, even though it's got a pretty little flower. Its taproot is nine inches deep, and what? once they get in your lawn, you can never get them out. Seriously? Yeah, and that's what those sins are like. Wow, that's a good analogy, Ray. I've always been fascinated by dandelions. To me, again, that's another well, indicator. Break up the word, dandy lion. But it it really, to me, is a, an indicator of the reality of God's existence. Again, what 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 is that thing? It's all, I mean, I'm <laughs> just saying it's like thing? this little puff ball. It's got these little, but these are all seeds. They're designed. It's designed to be hit with little gusts of wind and then to spread and to go no, and they, no, those no. things fly. You're not even touching it. It's aerodynamically created so that it creates a vacuum above it. Really? Yeah, it creates this little, just the way it sits and it creates a vacuum above it which pulls it up. It's, and I was watching a video this morning on it and how if we could ever get a grip of that principle, mm. it would help man to learn how to fly better. Wow. It's just quite incredible. The mind of God is absolutely blows me into smithereens. And I just end up saying I can't even think thoughts like this anymore. (laughs) Guys, I realize that we are not doing an episode on pride today, but I do have to admit that I'm really, really, really struggling with pride because my 10-month-old grandson, Haddon, said something quite advanced the other day. I want you to listen. Bubbles. Did you hear that? Bubbles? Papa? He said bubbles. Barbara. Cameron? Kirk's mom? No, Barbara, his phone. My daughter Kylie named this little phone he has Barbara. It sounds like one of those YouTube clips where a dog says, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I heard bubbles. <laughs> My grandson, my 10-month-old grandson said, Barbara. Uh, I just thought that was pretty cool. That's not true. He's a great-grandson. He's not a grandson. Oh, he's your great-grandson, Ray. How does that feel, Ray? Feels very old. He used to have have my kids call him forefather because he so hated the term grandpa. (laughs) Forefather? Forefather, Ray Comfort. I tried super dad, but I settled for forefather, but it never happened. Yeah. Thousands around the world will hear my dear grandson say Barbara. Isn't that beautiful? I thought he said bubbles. Oh. <laughs> what? Blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, pray for my pride friends. Uh, man, it's wonderful having a grandson. How many grandsons do you have, Mark and Oscar? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mark, though, you're not far. Your son's getting married. Yeah, he's he in a panic trying to figure out how many I've got. I think it's four. What? Four grandkids? Yeah. What? Ray, how can you have four grandkids? I have five. I've got nine. Oh, what do you mean four, I though? Say grandsons. Oh, grandsons. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Luke and Danny, Jonathan. Wait, Luke, Danny, Jonathan, Robbie. There's five. And Kenny, five. Yeah. Wow. I do have three kids, I remember. Sorry, I just <laughs> ate chocolate. Mm. Wait, you have a fourth kid, though, don't you? You forgot about him? Bershklampo, <laughs> <laughs> Barafansusu. Um, so anyway, guys, it's so rude to chocolate. Um, did, you put chocolate in your I realized I didn't have lunch, like after the second thing we recorded. I ran upstairs for a donut and I settled for a cup of coffee. Is there donuts up there? There were. Oh, oh. coffee sounds horrible right now. Um, anyway, Especially the kind you drink. Oh, no, here we go. <laughs> coffee snob. All right. So guys, we're talking today. We've been doing kind of like the how to tame things. 
Uh, we've uh, talked about anger in the tongue. What are you guys looking at? You were looking up while you were thinking. Well, will this ever stop? Seriously, no. will this? No. I'm, I'm in the middle of like this powerful point. I'm looking up and then I see these two just... Oscar doesn't do it yet, but I think he's going to get influenced. But it, it never gets old when you're looking at <laughs> It up. doesn't get old to you. No, of course. Well, it's, I've only got me. I don't live your life. <laughs> <laughs> so for those who don't know what's going on here, there's this thing that happens that every human person does. When you think about something, you tend to look up as you're like pontificating. And if you do that around Ray and Mark, they will begin to gaze up at whatever you're looking at. <laughs> oh, wait, what you're, you're looking at? Yeah. But this, again, we talked in one of the podcasts recently about influence. Mark, you got this from Ray. I don't, is that, where'd you get it, Ray? Yeah, Ray, I think I started it. But, um, <laughs> Sounds like since so we are talking this, about pride, Mark, I guess, on this, this episode. I've actually reproved Mark for some terrible things that he does, and then he says, I learned that from you. <laughs> I learned from you. <laughs> so the, one, true. the one that Mark does where you call up and you pour your heart out to him, like for 30, 40 seconds, you say, and you say, oh, sorry about that, I just got back to the phone. <laughs> oh, so I'm back, go ahead. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you learned that from Ray. Thanks for holding. What were you saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I'm drinking water. Um, you know what I love, though, how Oscar is, is like the interpreter to our beloved listeners. <laughs> For those of you that don't know, it's going to happen every episode. I love it. It's a nice thing to do. We need you, Oscar. <laughs> Always thoughtful. What are we talking about today? Uh, today we're talking about how to tame jealousy. I am the tiger. Thanks, Oscar. You know, really, since we're only four minutes in, it's not too late to just start (laughs) over. (laughs) Restart. (laughs) Begin anew. No, we're talking about how to tame jealousy, envy, covetousness. Ooh, these are ugly things. They are bad. We thought Americans mispronounced the word covetousness because we couldn't see the ch in there. And it's taken me a long time to be able to say covetousness without saying it's, as we say it overseas, covetousness. Oh, you don't say the ch. Well, I can't see the ch. Covetousness. Covetousness. Yeah. Oh, Ray, huh. I could probably name a thousand words that don't have that in okay, you say do ch. It. Okay, say um, choo choo train as an example. <laughs> 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 that does have it. So, yeah, these are, man, these are heavy, heavy things, you guys. And here's what I want to do first let me define them and then we'll jump into talking about them. So, jealousy according to Cambridge, is a feeling of unhappiness and anger because someone has something or someone that you want. And then Mary, Merriam-Webster piggybacks on that says, hostile, host, ho, being hostile toward a rival or one believed to enjoy an advantage. Then envy, by again, Webster is defined as painful or resentful awareness of an advantage enjoyed by another, joined with a desire to possess the same advantage. And then covetousness is, oh, where is it? I thought I had it here. Just make it up. No, oh. no one's listening. <laughs> to strongly desire something <laughs> I never belongs. copied the definition. But yeah, covetousness, basically we know is, yeah, wanting what Covet- would... Uh, Covetousness. To cover your Chia Pet less. Where did it go? Now I'm frustrated that it did. I well, didn't know. Did page notes? Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, wait, did you guys steal my notes? What? Oh, no, you didn't. Yeah, but, but yeah, covetousness basically is wanting what others have. So all of these kind of, they interrelate, they, they, there's crossover between them. That's why we're kind of touching on all of them. But these are, these are a big deal, Ray. And I think especially covetousness is taken lightly. We've talked before about what's, what, are, what have been termed as respectable sins. Yeah, I think these would fall under that because they're really issues of the heart, aren't they? They're mm. intertwined, it seems. Yeah. Covetousness and envy and all sparked by one another. 
Yeah, they do. They feed each other. And And what's wrong with wanting something that belongs to somebody else? Somebody has a nice car? I'd like to have a nice car. I'm going to work hard for it. Mm. It does seem like it's not a serious sin, but it it leads to all sorts of other sins. That's a really good point. I think that our American culture is designed to make us want, to make us envy. And so it becomes like this subtle sin that we don't even realize is happening because otherwise we are told that this is okay. Like it, to, to be envious is to, uh, is to desire, is to work hard, is to, is to want more for your life. And why wouldn't you want more for your life? Yeah. You know, uh, commercials, uh, television, all of the marketing out there is ultimately made to want us envy. If you think about like your phone, for example, I heard someone once say that you don't own your phone. Your phone doesn't work for you. Your phone works for all of the companies that built the apps on top of it. Mm-hmm. And so when you grab your phone, whatever app you're in, it is designed to make you want. Wow. To scroll Instagram means you're going to want what? Some luxurious lifestyle, relationship, a an experience, a photogenic moment, right? Like we are all around us um, pursued to want to want. And so I think that envy is just so subtle because we think it's just a normal part of life that we don't even realize when it's Every happening. product commercial out there, right? You made me think about this. Every product commercial we'll ever watch is designed for you to covet. Mm-hmm. Right. We love to give things away. We love to give things away. And that's why we will do that every single day here on the Living Waters Podcast. That's right, friends. We're giving away goodies for those of you who go to livingwaters.com forward slash podcast and fill out the form. We are giving 10, believe it or not, 10 different people each week goodies from Living Waters, $100 value for each box. You'll get tracts and books and a podcast mug and all kinds of good things. So make sure to participate at livingwaters.com forward slash podcast. And make sure to listen to the very end of the podcast where you will hear the announcement of the winners every week. Would you guys say that that jealousy, envy, and covetousness have all been radically aided by technology. Okay, let's do 100%. what he said. He asked us all to say that. Can you remember what he yeah, asked Yeah, say it. Go ahead. Try to say it, right? Try to say it, right? Because you weren't paying attention. Because you were thinking about the joke you were about to make. <laughs> Would you guys say? Okay. Yeah. So, but no, don't you guys really think, though, that that these things have been aided by technology? I mean, think about it. Back in the day, when did people get commercials thrown at their face at every turn. I mean, if I'm worried sometimes if I hit if I hit a button, if I'm going through Facebook or something and an ad comes up, I go, oh, that looks interesting. I hit a button. I mean, the thing never goes away. It comes up every time I'm back on, you know? Yeah. Or if you think about it, every single one of us participate in that too. Because whenever we post, like, I mean, I'm just talking about social media and the way that that works, right? Because before in the past, you had television, but your television was in one room. It didn't go with you. It didn't go with you to the bathroom. It didn't go with you on the car ride to go pick up the kids. It didn't mm-hmm. go with you into the grocery store. Yeah. But now your device that is designed to make you envy goes with you everywhere. And it's not just the products and companies. It's also the community around us because every single one of us human beings with social media accounts have learned how to position our social media lives to look 
great. Mm. And what it does is it makes us envious of the other person. We go online and we see a picture of a smiling family and we're like, why don't our pictures look like that? We need to take vacations more. We need to do something with the fun with the kids this summer. That's it's all designed to make us desire. Yeah, uh, and the the um, those torture interest, instruments with the treadmills and all those things. The people that torture are on them, instruments. <laughs> oh, people that are on them are always smiling. With yeah. just great sweat pouring off. It's just just the most wonderful experience of life. But when it comes, it doesn't come with a smile. Yeah. And this year's well, last year's model was the absolute best until this year's model right. comes out, so and then true. that's just dirt. What are you doing with that thing? Yeah. Yeah. Exodus twenty seventeen. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or male servant, or female servant, or ox, or his donkey. If this was was written today, it would say you shall not covet your neighbor's social media status, hmm. followers, likes, career, vacation, experiences. Yeah. I think I, I mentioned it the other day, but we we don't we don't realize again the root of what covetousness includes. Oscar, you talked about this on a on a recent program. Uh, but Colossians 3.5 says, Therefore put to death your members which are on the earth. And it gives a whole list of things. And one of them it says, And covetousness, which is idolatry. Right. It, it, it's idolatrous to be covetous, to lust after things you don't have in a, an ordinate way. There's nothing wrong. Obviously, anything we get is birthed out of desire. Oh, I, I see that. I'd like it. But when it ventures into the area of I can't, be content without it, mm. and we look with with this deep rooted lust that I must have that, and that's what leads to people stealing and to people destroying what others have. Right? I mean, think about it. It's people that key cars, huh. like how evil is that? What's that saying? I can't stand the fact you can own that car. In most cases, maybe there's other reasons, but I, I've seen videos where people walk by and just, you know, and e- easy. Does that make you upset? Yeah, Mark. Easy. Hey, have you Mark. ever keyed a car? Oh boy. I'm have you such ever? An evil you, kid. This is all under the blood, Mark. You should... <laughs> oh, I'm not talking about. I'm... <laughs> yeah. Boy. Have you really? Oh, when I was a kid, I really? used to. Yeah, I, I used you to key on cars. The of your family. I used to break windshield wipers, antennas. I I was a bad kid. Were you the one of those boys that would steal like the emblem off like Mercedes Benz? I would try. I, you know, and that frustrated me because Mercedes had this foolproof thing. It was like. It's like a hook or something with like it's like in underneath. The yeah, thing, and it was right? it worked like a spring, like you pull it and then it just comes back. Well, I would have always wanted to steal the battery. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But no, you, you know there was a company I heard about. So it, well, it's idolatrous, right? So it's it's rooted something, in pride. Yeah, it's 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 rooted in in our pride, discontentment, and all of that is idolatrous because something's taking the place of God. Mm-hmm. You know, just what we're talking about past sins. I mentioned this before to you guys, but not on the program, how uh, a friend of mine boasted of his past sins before as a Christian, Harry had some um, soil dumped on the principal's front yard. He told his son, and his son had a truckload of manure dumped on his principal's. Oh, boy. (laughs) And he got expelled. He got caught. Oh, boy. And so, um, yeah, it just made me careful to talk about my past sins in front of my kids. Yeah. Like what? Like what would you? Yeah, Ray. Like what? Like right. the worst right. thing well, he ever I, did. I punched a guy for asking questions. That that ruined my class. <laughs> you know, it, it really is. It's it's rooted in pride. 
it, it makes us, we talked about this in a previous episode, we assume that we would do a better job being on the throne. Um, we forget that ultimately we are stewards. We don't right. own anything that we have. We don't deserve anything that we experience or get. God is being gracious and giving us stewardship yeah. over that thing. And so envy brings us to a place of trying to usurp God off yeah. his throne, put ourselves on it so that we can say, this is actually what That's I deserve. So good. This is what I want. And it reminds me, and the other thing too, is that it also assumes that those things that our happiness and our joy would come from that experience, mm. that photogenic memory, mm -hmm. which reminds me of C.S. Lewis. Uh, one of, of my favorite quotes of his. You've never quoted C.S. Lewis. We are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us. Like, the, like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what it is meant by the offering of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. The mm. thing that we think will bring us joy will be short-lived and only lead to more envy. Our true joy will come from more of God. Mm. Amen. No good thing. Oh, sorry. 480, Oscar. That's all I'm saying. Uh, you know, no That's good how many thing. times you've quoted that. C.S. Lewis. <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> what you say, Mark? Um, no good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Right. That's, that, just, that destroys evolution. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if we've been designed for good works and God has designed our good works oh, right. before time, if we need it, he's going to offer it. He's going to give it. You don't want it, whatever it is. That's you good. don't want it. It doesn't come from God's hand. That's good. Yeah. You just don't. That's really you know, good. we're also susceptible to jealousy. And I'm so um, aware of my own shortcomings, for want of a better word, especially with jealousy, that I'm careful what I say in front of other Christians. Like, my aunt just left me a million dollars. How's your day going? <laughs> you know, it's going to cause them to stumble. Yeah. You know, I so say, always be careful of what we say to other people because we're so vulnerable to things like jealousy and envy. And yeah, I think... I know sometimes in my life I catch myself and I'm like, man, that was so insensitive. Like I'm talking about maybe how great my kids are, how well they're doing. And it's like, I fully forgot this, this guy's having major issues with his kids. You it's know? only and, for an hour you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <Only> <laughs> Enough hour. about me. What do you think about me? Yeah. Yes. Um, but yeah. I'm like that with my singing. Sometimes when I sing, I'm, I'm aware that I'm causing jealousy to rise. In a, no, I've seen it on people's faces. They go pain <laughs> yeah. when I sing. And it's obviously they're having a problem yeah, with jealousy. Yeah, deep jealousy. Yeah. Like you guys are... Jealousy I was told to stop singing in a church once. The guy in front of me turned around and says, can you please just not sing? Yeah, I remember you saying that. <clears throat> That's awful. Of wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, think of what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 3. What was your attitude to that guy, Mark? I was confused. I didn't know that there were good voices and bad voices. That's how <laughs> tone deaf I am. And the girl next to me turned to me and said, Mark, I like the way you sing. You can sing all you want in my presence. It was at that point that I realized what he was actually talking about, that I had a bad voice. Wow. And... Man, and your pastor wasn't embarrassed to say that to you. <laughs> it was John MacArthur. <laughs> I was about to say, I, get, I hear that all the time from my wife. Yeah. <laughs> I had singing. Rachel give me a few looks because I like to like sing real deep sometimes when I'm singing worship. Prove it. I knew something. Oh, I knew it was coming. <laughs> I like yeah. to stand in front of Christian Rob at church when he sings because oh, he just yeah. sings with his whole heart. And I love it. It's so great. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's Christian's awesome. Uh, all right. So. Great snowboarder too. First Corinthians three one through three, 
And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food for, for until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you are still not able. For you are still carnal, for where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? And so Paul's tying envy with carnality and fleshliness. But then I love how he puts that. I just preached a message on this, and he says, you're behaving like mere men, which means what? In light of who you've become in Christ, you are not mere men. Mm. And and mere is always used to sort of minimize something, Simple. right? Yeah, like you're, you're, you're not just men. You're more than just mere men. You're born again, redeemed, spirit-filled, image-bearing, representatives, ambassadors of Christ, you're going to rule and reign over the, the earth. You're going to judge angels. You're not mere men. And we sit around and we just toy around with, you know, like you're saying, the, the, the little mud pies when, man, we, we are beyond that. Envying when, mm. when we, we are children of the Most High, mm. We've, we're fellow heirs with Christ. Where's envy come in? It shows we're carnal. We're flesh. Is, is it possible to be envious and content at the same time? No. no. That's it? Yeah. Um, I, I, this morning, for some reason, I thought about dandelions on these three subjects, envy and jealousy and covetousness. Huh. What a dandelion is. It's just a very light, fluffy thing. You can blow it. It's got a little hook to it. And it's just lighter <laughs> than air, and it comes along. And it's just a seed that comes down quietly. But that gets in your lawn. They say it's like root, it's sort of taproot, even though it's got a pretty little flower. Its taproot is nine inches deep, and what? once they get in your lawn, you can never get them out. Seriously? Yeah, and that's what those sins are like. Wow, that's a good analogy, Ray. I've always been fascinated by dandelions. To me, again, that's another well, indicator. Break up the word, dandy. Lion. But it, it really, to me, is a, an indicator of the reality of God's existence. You know, what, what, what is that thing? It, it's all, I mean, I'm <laughs> just saying it's like thing? this little puffball. It's got these little, but these are all seeds. They're designed, it's designed to, to be hit with little gusts of wind and then to spread and to go. No, and they, no, those no. things fly. You're not even touching it. It, it. It's aerodynamically created so that it creates a vacuum above it. Really? Yeah, it creates this little, just the way it sits, and it creates a vacuum above it, which pulls it up. It's, and I was, I was watching a video hmm. this morning on it, and how if we could ever get a grip of that principle, mm. it would help man to learn how to fly better. Wow. It's just quite incredible. The mind of God is absolutely oh. blows me into smithereens, and I just mm. end up saying I can't even think thoughts like this anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, you, you guys know that, that one tree that has a seed that has it like a wing on it? And when oh, it falls, it falls, it, 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 it becomes like a helicopter oh, yeah. and it flies yes. away. Absolute. Are those indigenous to Southern California only? I no, don't know. But... I've got them in New Zealand. I'm trying to think of the name of the tree and it's driving me crazy. But I can't tell well, you how on, many. It's on the tip of my tongue. Huh? Oh, it's, uh... <laughs> there it is. I see it. Saliva? No, but I can't tell you guys how many times that seed has made me worship because I'll find them on the ground and I'll throw it up and I'll just watch it. And I'm like, so I feel about baklava. Ah, oh, surely they're not you... Samaras. It, no, it's not. Yep. Samara? Samaras? Samaras? Uh -huh. The term was coined based on the way the seeds spiral through Is the air. Is that the name of the tree? As they fall from the tree. Other nicknames for these wing seeds include spinning jenny, whirl, whirl jig, whirly bird, and wing nut. 
In the botanical <laughs> world, they're simply known as samaras. Well, why don't we call them God's genius? Um, yeah, so God makes something so beautiful, and then we name it something so lame. Oscar, <laughs> wouldn't it be great if there was a baklava tree that had Lighters. those on it, and they flew I into your mouth? I have of them in my backyard. Yeah, you would. Uh, so, yeah, so back to <laughs> envy, covetousness, and jealousy. I love these little like uh, side moments of worship. You know, we're talking about stuff, and then we just get caught up in God's splendor and yeah, something amen. He's made. You know, but uh, again, we have to remember to the fruit of love and First Corinthians thirteen four. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. Yeah. Maple trees. What? Maple trees. You're still on trees. We moved on. Like, no, that no. was that was last episode. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah. is that? Um, you know, you you just bring up love, and I do think that love, love for others, and love for God is a way in which we can put envy to death. Mm-hmm. Because when we yeah. love ourselves less and love others more, we start thinking of ourselves less. And and one story that that brings me to the cross from the Old Testament is the story of Jonathan, Saul's son. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting to me mm-hmm. because. Saul lifts up David. And what does Jonathan do? He does not envy him. He could have. He was probably older than David. He deserved the throne. He deserved all the praise. But instead, it says that he loved him, that Jonathan loved David the way he loved himself. He gave him his own robe. Like Jonathan wanted David to be lifted up. He Mm. wanted David to have the power for David to have the praise. And, uh, Ultimately, Jonathan emptied himself of the glory that he could have wanted and made himself vulnerable by lifting David up, which is exactly what Jesus does. He empties himself to lift us up. And that's important that we realize, like, how can we be envious when everything that we have has been purchased for us by the blood of Christ? How could we ask for more? How can you boast as if you had something to do with it? Yeah. Yeah, I think Oscar actually in in the account with David and Jonathan when Saul wanted to kill David and Jonathan was trying to protect him, he says he knows that you'll be king. Something to the fact of he knows you'll be king and I'll be by your side. And yeah. so it's like imagine, I mean, really you would think Jonathan's thinking, well, my dad's the king. I'm I'm heir apparent. He could have taken his dad's side. Right. And yet he he defaulted on honoring what God had said would happen, and he submitted to that. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Wow. Speaking of that, my one of my favorite portions of Scripture is First Timothy chapter 6. Verse 6 says, Now godliness with contentment is mm. great gain. Amen. And it's the, you, you put godliness with contentment, and you've gained something very great. You've got to feel sorry for the greedy man. Um, greed is like a monkey on the back. You familiar with the monkey on the back? Heroin, mm-hmm. heroin, heroin addicts do it. You feed the monkey and it gets bigger and becomes a gorilla. Oh, yeah. It becomes a gorilla and crushes you. And that's exactly what greed does. It's never satisfied. And I am just thrilled that I've got a, a VW Beetle that's 10 years old and mm. I just love it. I couldn't care less what the latest model is. And yeah. that, that pleases me to feel like that. Mm. Yeah. yeah. You know, I just realized, going back to Jonathan, is that Jonathan ultimately abdicated the throne uh, and found God's way. And that sets up for us to abdicate our tiny little pathetic thrones Hmm. to recognize that God is the only one that's on the true throne. Amen. That's so good. For many people, their phone is their throne. (laughs) Yeah. You know, Ray, you you mentioned contentment. We did a a whole episode on contentment, and that really ties into 
the remedy to jealousy and covetousness and envy. It's being content. Yeah. And and that contentment is found in, I think of what it says in Acts, that he's pre-appointed our boundaries of habitation. You know, God, God has put us where he wants us to be. And God also, he controls what we possess and what we have and and who we are. Because again, envy and jealousy and covetousness, it's not just in things. It can be, as we read as a part of the definition, it could be people, right? We want someone that someone else has, or we want to be someone who someone else, we want to be who someone else is, or or possess certain uh, attributes that someone else possesses, whether it's gifts or personality or whatever. And to stop and say, I am who God made me to be. This mm-hmm. is what God wanted for me. And I'm, I'm going to be content in that. People sometimes think that the successful don't ever envy those that, that maybe don't have success, but it's not true. There are people with multi-billion dollar corporations that wish they could go back and just work a regular job and not have all that money or not be that famous and recognized everywhere. It's just being content. Jim Carrey had said that he wishes all men can experience riches to realize that there is no happiness in the midst of it. So is the rich men that say that. (laughs) (laughs) Let me struggle with that. You know, um, our our friend uh, Thomas, he said, some people are so poor, all they have is money. Mm -hmm. Mm. Wow. You know, no? No? No. Well, on the same lines of Jim Carrey, another, I can't remember who it was, but another famous person, I remember hearing Sounds them really saying, famous. <laughs> I remember hearing them saying, I wish so badly that I can just walk into a grocery store or restaurant and not be noticed or seen or recognized. And so there's somebody with all the fame and all the glory desiring, envying simplicity and ordinary. Yeah, they can do mm-hmm. it with the masks. That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Michael Jackson had a had a head start on yeah, it. Remember, he used to wear masks. But yeah, um, again, it's 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 just learning to be content. A Proverbs fourteen thirty: A heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. Yeah. Ooh, uh, that's such a a good picture of, yeah. of you know what happens, and what what are the things that can help us fight. Against against that, I mean, Oscar, would you say Thanksgiving would be one of them? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, just recognizing the uh, the joy uh, and the gifts that God has given you um, to be able to focus—that's something that we never do. We don't focus on what we have; we focus on what we don't have. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, to count your blessing, you know, as as silly as that phrase and how often used it is, it's really helpful. That's what Thanksgiving is. And think about even your prayer life. Like so often our prayer life is about desiring and wanting. It's almost like, God, here's my envy. Can you do something about it? Can you fulfill my desires? What if instead your prayer life was like, Lord, thank you. Look at all this that you've given me. Right. The man who had no shoes complained until he met the man who had no feet. The man who had no feet complained until he... Had no, no legs. legs. No legs. The man who had no legs complained. <laughs> the man who had no torso. So he the man who had nose. no torso Women never do this. It's always men, right? We're always trying to one up. That's because we're know, a bit pathetic. My yeah. son said, Dad, if you can go back in time at any time, what, what time would you go? I said, No. You throw it I go, I, I wouldn't <laughs> want to do that because I can't do that. And if I could do that, maybe I would think about it. But since I can't do that, 
it's a waste of my mind to be able to go there because God has pre-appointed this timing and boundary of yeah, my application, like you said. Dad, if you could have anything inside your life that you don't have, what would it be? I go, no, I, I, go, I don't even want to go there. Dad, if you had $100 million, what kind of a car would you have? <laughs> you know, I'm actually very content with my CX-5. It would be an airplane. You know, it'd be, <laughs> you know, and Spurgeon worded it like this. He said, the more of heaven there is in our lives, the less of earth we shall covet. Hmm. You know, the idea of being so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good is, is false. Mm. Because when you are so heavenly minded, you are now the most fit to walk in the work which God has pre-appointed inside of our lives. Uh, a circle cannot perfectly fit inside of a triangle. So neither can the whole world fit inside the heart of man. We were designed to be filled with heaven. So when we try to fill our hearts and our lives with everything that this world has to offer, it's like putting a square in the midst of a circle or a circle in the midst of a square. It just doesn't fit. And just as the eyes of man are never satisfied, so are, what is it? So is hell never full, Something like that. the scripture says. You can never have enough. So when you recognize as a Christian, you have enough mm-hmm. in Christ and all that Christ has is offered to you. We've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies. You have not because you ask not. And if you don't have, maybe you're asking amiss and you are trying to set up and establish your own kingdom when Christ always desired to establish his kingdom, hmm. right? When the in John chapter 4, the apostles came back and Jesus just finished having this conversation with the woman at the well and they try to get him to eat something. And he says, you know, I have meat to eat you know not of. Hmm. Right? He was spiritually being fed because he was heavenly minded. When Moses was on the mountain for 40 days and he came down, he wasn't hungry. He didn't go right to food. And there's nothing wrong with eating and being filled with the things that God has given us. But as one commentator said, that he was so enraptured with God, he was not mindful of the things that were happening around him. Hmm. We can get these terrible words spoken to us and we cannot be moved or these terrible actions done to us and not be moved or get that bad news, that cancerous news, our child goes wayward and not moved because we realize and recognize this isn't our home. You know, we're homesick for a home that we've never been to and we are only passing through. Blessed is the man whose heart is set on pilgrimage so you can have all of this world, but give me Jesus and I'm fine. This world actually has got no real attraction for me. When you think about it, would you like a Lamborghini? It's got too much power. (laughs) And I feel guilty driving the thing. Would someone give me an island in the South Pacific? Well, I'd be good for like 20 minutes and then (laughs) give me some Wi-Fi. That's so true about you, Ray. You know, I mean, you think about it. There's always the issue of capacity, right? So, okay, you, you are so rich, you could buy all the food you want, mountains of food. How much can you eat at one time? Yeah. You know, you, you can buy thousands of cars. How many can you drive at one yeah. time? You know, how many homes can you live in at one time? And I just, the simplicity is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the proverb that talks about God, give me neither, you know, let, let me neither starve nor you know, have too much lest I forget you or lest I steal and profane your name. You know, that whole balance of like, man, having food and clothing with these, we shall be content. And easy, when you and I have traveled, we have stayed in homes of very rich people. Oh, very. And all I do is say to myself, this is a museum. It's huge, <laughs> and it's got all these things in it. And I say, give me my own home. It's just simple yeah. with 24 chickens. Yeah. That keeps me happy. 
Well, but you know, again, like I was talking to a friend the other day. We were talking about retirement, and you know, just like how people retire, and and some people retire and end up sort of just kind of dying off because they have nothing to do. And I said, mm. that's crazy because as as Christians, like obviously we talk, we say well, we're never going to retire. We're always doing ministry. But as Christians, even if someone were to like retire from their secular job, let's say, how could you ever not have something to do? Yeah, You've so got crazy. lost people to reach. You've got a church to serve. You've got people to encourage, to counsel, to pour into. Yeah, I got grandchildren to, to disciple. Chickens to feed. Chickens to feed. Books eggs to, to steal from your chickens that don't belong to you. Uh, all kinds of things. That's stealing, Ray. Those are not your eggs. Did you ask permission of the chickens? It's like John Piper talking about retiring. And then what are you retiring? What are you going to do? Collect seashells? Look, God. And then you stand before God. You go, look at my seashell collection. Take your dog for a walk. Let dog take you for a walk when you retire. Yeah. But I'm just saying, and the same thing too, like for us as Christians, the reason why we can be content is we have eternal things. We have treasure in heaven to be storing up. And that's what motivates us. It's like, man, this house is going to rot, fall apart. It's going to need a new roof. It's going to need new paint. This car is going to get old and rusty. These clothes are going to... Like anything you put your hope in. That's why Scripture says, do not overwork to become rich because of your own understanding. Cease. You know, and even in 1 Timothy 6, where it talks about those who are rich, it talks about them being, you know, not to put their hope in uncertain riches, yeah. But to be willing to share, ready to give, you know? And um, Paul's uh, confession, Acts 20, 20, 33, familiar with it? Uh, yeah, he says, I have coveted no, no one's silver or gold or apparel. Mm. And that just showed Paul. He was, just a, he was content to be a tent maker. Ah. He was content. Yeah, con with but tent. It actually destroys it if we go back and analyze it. Just let it move yeah, on. Yeah, just move <laughs> on. Let it go. And talking about covetousness, you know, Paul Tripp said it, you know, a desire for a good thing, it becomes a desire for a bad thing when that desire becomes a ultimate. ruling thing, mm. right? Ultimate thing. All I want is this. I'm going to do whatever it takes in order to get that. That's how you know you're coveting. If you are told, no, you're not going to have that. Okay. Yeah, I'm fine. Ever see something online and you've got it, and as soon as it arrives, you think this was a mistake. I seem <laughs> to do it all the time. Buyer's envy. No. Yeah, it's like that because it comes overnight and you've got it in your hand. And you think I don't want this. But but guys, it, it all goes back to what we've touched on so many times: be, being eternally minded. Mm. You know, when I was a newer believer, uh, a family member gave me a nearly brand new car that That's was worth a jealous. lot of. See, I knew you'd see? be jealous. You caused a problem. It was worth a lot of money, and. I found out that they had it insured under their company, but I wasn't working for the company. I was driving it, and I was convicted. So I went to them, and I said, hey, you know, I, I don't feel right driving the car because it's not insured under, like, my name or, or yours personally. It's under the company, and, and so can you change it? And they're like, nope. I go, okay, well, here's the keys, and I gave them the keys back. And, really? they, yeah, they were like, uh, uh. They came back to me like a week later and said, okay, we, we changed the insurance. Here you go. But it was not an issue because in my mind it was like, I, this isn't worth violating my integrity and dishonoring the Lord. When you said it, I said to myself, <laughs> <laughs> yes, Ray Comfort. Uh, no, and then, and then I remember I, I had uh, that same vehicle. I was working for my family's gas station and someone uh, parked, they, they stopped at the pump to get gas and they start walking in toward the door while well, they kept their car in drive. And it just kept rolling, and it was going toward my nearly new, beautiful, expensive vehicle, and then <laughs> crashed right into it. I remember I grabbed my soft drink that I was drinking, and 
I walked out, casually walked outside. I'm like, oh, what happened? Oh, yeah, that's okay. It didn't move me because I was so consumed with eternity. And I'm convicted because sometimes I don't react that way anymore. And that's convicting. It's like, mm. no, I, that needs to be my attitude always. Mm. I own nothing. It's all the Lord's. It's all going to burn. What about this person's soul right now? Am I going to go out there and be blow my witness by getting frustrated and worked up? And Yeah, I want to go back to something really that, that Mark brought up. That which was good is, Merci beaucoup. Which is that we can often even desire good things, but when we desire a good thing, when we turn a good thing into an ultimate thing, it becomes an idol. Because mm-hmm. I can hear someone think to themselves, well, like all I desire is a spouse, is kids, is a family. And so they have these longings for these good things. And those are good things. Those are yeah. blessings from God. He who desires a wife desires a good thing. That's right. Married. However, if you think that your ultimate joy and happiness or contentment will come from those things, then you've made it an ultimate exactly. thing. You've made it an idol. Yeah. Perfect. And it's so important that we realize that only God will satisfy. We don't need more stuff. What we need is more of God's glory in our Amen. lives. And ultimately, it comes down to Christ, right? All things come back to him. Hebrews 13, 5, let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's good. And I've said this before, but we often quote that last part, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And we forget that that's in connection with not coveting, with being content. Why? Because he will never leave. We have him. And in having Christ, we have all things. I love the saying that says, Jesus plus nothing equals everything. And I often say, everything minus Jesus equals nothing. Good. That Bible verse is very uh, meaningful to me because I was at a point, I was at a crossroads where I didn't know what to do with my life, and I was going to sign a contract for six years from a business to keep making leather jackets and mm. stuff like that. And I read that verse, and I thought, I'm not going to sign it. I'm going to be content with the Lord. That's when I moved into the city of, that I was in and began open air preaching, and oh, my whole yeah. life came from that. Wow, particular direction. Yeah, decisions we make that honor the Lord and the ramifications of them are are beautiful. You know, the text that pricked my heart when I became a Christian. Um, was, well, would it profit a man if he were to gain the whole world and yet forfeit his soul? Oof. That was the text that it was covetousness was where I felt the greatest amount of conviction. And I haven't heard that from a lot of people. You know, what, what, what drew you to repent? What was it that got you? And usually we would see maybe the seventh commandment, especially for men uh, with adultery. But for me, it was the 10th commandment. Wow. I was going to steal all of these Levi jeans and really not knowing what I was going to do with them. But that's what I was going to do. When that preacher had shared that text, I, I was just dumbfounded. Hmm. And a text to go along with that, and easy, you might have shared it at the beginning, but Ephesians 5.5, 5, for this you know, no covetous man has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ wow. and God. It lists some other things in the, in the yeah. midst of that as well. But no covetous man, and we forget that. It says no covetous man will have any part of heaven. Yeah. So this is a very grave sin. It's very serious. And it's something that we would do well when we're sharing the gospel to, to drive home this, especially in our society that always wants a little bit more. And was it Rockefeller? Who was asked the question, Ray? Next you know, how much is enough after the next dollar? Or yeah, like yeah, that. just a little more. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. yeah, just a little more. Man, yeah. I can relate to that. I uh, was just you're, you're reminding me thinking back uh, when I was in the financial industry. You know, I was doing very well at a very young age, and I remember thinking to myself, if I just get to this dollar amount this year, 
I will have made enough. And I'd hit that. And then the next time it was like, okay, now this year I just got to get to this dollar yeah. amount. And uh, you're just reminding me, like I, I used to remember, I used to drive down the four or five freeway and I'd see this high rise t- towers. And my goal was to have my last name on one of those towers. <laughs> um, so I was like, I was very, I was a very covetous, 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 covetous person. Greedy. I was a very greedy, covetous <laughs> person. Yeah, absolutely. And when, uh, when not, not boasting for myself in any way, shape or form. Cause I don't, I posted the other day that I have walked away from an opportunity to make more money twice in my life. And I've never once reconsidered the decision that I made. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying this to brag that I figured it all out because I don't know how it's happened. I think the Lord has just simply filled my spirit for a desire of Him. Amen. And I've never really looked back And this it. is something to carry over as, as husbands, as, as fathers on, on our deathbed, right? We've heard it a lot. Nobody on their deathbed is saying, I wish I worked more, right? Right. Invest right. that time into your kids, mm. you know, into your spouse, into your neighbors. Invest yeah. into that. We purposely will set aside money in order to buy flowers and goodies and stuff for our neighbors. Yeah, you know, so that we are rich in good works towards yeah. all those that surround us. And I can't help but think that we've all had a road to Damascus experience. Damascus experience. And if we hadn't had that, Mark would be in jail for stealing <laughs> jeans and stuff like that. Easy would be in. Trouble for destroying cars with keys. Yeah, what's up, man? And I'd be into counterfeiting. <laughs> I said that yesterday. Money. I said uh, Ray would be in prison. Oh, today in our today. meeting, I said Ray would be in prison for counterfeiting money. Um, and Oscar, I don't know what you'd be doing. Yeah, he'd be... Yeah. Oh, you'd have mind. a building with your name on it. <laughs> um, but, you know, Mark, to, to connect with what you said too, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11 also says, do not, you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do not be deceived. And then he gives a whole list of people. Then he says, nor covetous. Mm. And so, man, that's a serious thing, that, that that would be highlighted in this whole list of sins he gave. You know, the, the uh, homosexuals, sodomites, thieves, drunkards, revilers, extortioners, and then the, the covetous? It just so, it shows what a serious sin, you know, it is in the sight of the Lord. Uh, William Barclay said, covetousness is therefore a sin with a very wide range. It is a desire for money. It leads to theft. Uh, if it is a desire for money, it leads to theft. If it is a desire for prestige, it leads to evil ambition. If it is a desire for power, it leads to sadistic tyranny. If it is a desire for a person, it leads to sexual sin. Wow. It just shows you know, the ramifications and the outworkings of it. And um, uh, Matthew Henry said, he is much happier that is always content, though he has ever so little than he that is always coveting, though he has ever so much. And I think that's the, the, the key again. It's that contentment, it's being that person who can honestly say, hey, this is my lot in life. This is what God has given me. This is what God has blessed me with. And, uh, and I'm, I'm blessed by it. And this last saying here, jealousy is the poison we drink while we wait for our enemy to die. Oh. As Mark just took a drink. <laughs> Bad timing. Ray, what'd you put in his cup? Yeah, just wanted yeah. to jump spiritual lesson. So friends, there you have it, Uh, covetousness, envy, jealousy, they're all destructive, destructive elements. Ultimately, it's covetousness, it's a grumbling against God, it's a waste of energy and time. And you know what? All those things you wish you had to enjoy, you're not going to most likely because you're going to die young. 
because jealousy and envy and covetousness, they have physical ramifications. They, they will eat at you because they typically end up even leading to bitterness. And so we hope you remain content in the Lord. Look, a great book that would encourage you in this regard to a degree is Ray's book, God Has a Wonderful Plan for Your Life, because there's a false gospel out there telling Christians that they should have everything that they want, that they should be rich and, and, and powerful and what have you, which is not the, the biblical model of what we should be aiming for. And it's a great book to give you perspective biblically and to share with others. Ray raised his hand. It's free online, freewonderfulbook.com. People can read it freely online. Yes, you could read it online freely, or you can get copies and give them to others, which many, many have done. Free copies from the ministry, too. And what's that? We have free copies from the ministry. Yeah, people want them. That's right. So go to livingwaters.com, check those out. Uh, Email us at podcast at livingwaters.com with your thoughts, your comments, your encouragements, your discouragements for the other guys, but encouragements for me. And uh, now, Oscar, are you making a hat? <laughs> what air, Paper airplanes, hats. I, I'm making a... I don't know what I'm making. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. making a noise. Sorry. Yeah. Thanks for joining us, friends. We'll see you here next time on the Living Waters podcast. <laughs> I should be the one doing that. I would do a better job at that than him. A cat would do a better job than him. <laughs> Good job, guys. Good work, guys. I've never won anything in my life. Well, some of you can no longer say that, friends. Here are the winners for the Living Waters podcast giveaway. Carrie from Hobart, Oklahoma. Bryce from Huntington, Indiana. Kenneth from Redding, California. Jamie from Kalamazoo, Michigan. Heather from Ashland, Ohio. Will from Norfolk, Nebraska. Gabrielle from Bristol, Connecticut. Marcy from Liverpool, New York. Dylan from Kadena, Australia. And Jobelin from Newmarket, Canada. How boot that A. We love you guys. Keep listening to the Living Waters Podcast.